Welcome to Family of the <laughs> Where we think critically, discern biblically, and glorify God in all we do. I'm Steve. And I'm Kimberly, and my husband's a nerd. <laughs> I once listened to a podcast where this is what the guy did through the whole thing. Actually, I didn't. I was about 15 minutes into it. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Welcome back. This is our second episode. Uh, first episode went long. That's cool. Uh, this one probably go long, too. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We're, we're going to give our uh, testimony, uh, brief testimony. And by brief, we mean like two hours. Wrong. More. <laughs> we'll see. But um, this episode is more about our sort of like a marriage testimony, not individual yeah, testimonies, right, which right, we'll right. probably yeah, not, do that. Yeah, I'm not going back first. in a different episode. Um, but yes, this is more about our marriage testimony and uh, how we met, got married. Our life is the two becoming one. Our life and how we led to being reformed, pretty much. Um, yeah, so. Let's get started. Shall we? Yeah. So how did we meet? So we met at this uh, church. I wore camouflage skinny jeans. And after I left the room, you leaned over to your friend and you said, wow. Not quite. That guy. That was before I was chunky. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. See, you need to know where... We didn't mean in a club or something. No, had no, yeah, jeans. I was at church. I was we, at church. This was, this was, was at church. church. We weren't and clubbing. They weren't, and they weren't skinny jeans. See, they were you just need to let warm. me finish <laughs> to give people context of that. So, no, we weren't out Three biblical rules. at a bar uh, or anything. No. no. no Three see, rules for biblical interpretation. Right. Context, 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 context. So, these people who are listening to us wonderfully need to know the context. So, we met at this church in Palm Correct. Desert, California Correct. at the time. That was a church that I was going to. And my parents were going to. Faithfully for probably at that time three or four years. And his mom and I kind of knew each other. I didn't know she had any kids, so it's not like she set us up or anything. Um, but uh, Stephen had come into town he had moved in and I decided moved. to <clears throat> i moved from las up. vegas to the people's republic of california yes. not, by, not by choice i um, guess you could say it's god's sovereignty and looking back it was only one good thing came out of it <laughs> <laughs> i hate california i'm just I, I could do an entire podcast it's, my home, it's my home state it's my home state and i don't like it There's, either one of the one of the punk bands I listen to, uh, at the very beginning of their album has this clip from some movie. I don't know what movie it's from. It has this person going, "You're from California." I hate California. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's me. Yeah. Well. So yeah, I, my my parents went to this same church as Kimberly, and this church had, uh, well, what they called a Bible school. Um, it was not, but they called it that. School of Ministry. Yeah. And um, I had felt the call to ministry for a while. 
and I had gone to culinary school instead of seminary, like I was planning on doing. Um, and after culinary school, I went to Vegas, um, where I grew up. Roommates with my brother. I was there for a couple of years working in restaurants. And I just kept, God just kept pulling on my heart, not doing what I called you to do. <clears throat> so I told my mom, I was looking at going to Bible school. She's like, my church has a Bible school. You should be here. Uh, and I did. And I did. And at this little Bible school, um, that, you know, I had noticed him before, but I really didn't pay too much attention, that much attention to him, because I was happily being single at the time. Um, yeah, I moved. And I moved there over the summer. Yes. So I've been going and for I a was, couple months. Right. I was on the worship team, and he had auditioned. This is where the skinny jeans picture comes along, because he had wore these skinny jeans. And I don't know, it was just something about guys in skinny jeans are just very attractive for me. But I noticed, you know, I was like, oh. He cool. was my bum. Well, maybe. Could have been. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. That night he auditioned. You're, you're married now, so it's okay. Well, yes, I enjoy his bum now. But back then, that's not what I was paying attention to. Worldly woman. Um, but anyways, I was on the worship team and... um one of the leaders there and on the night he auditioned well, this was not a biblical solid church by the way right no it wasn't <laughs> no it wasn't but anyways the night he auditioned myself and the other two worship leaders um listened to him sing and i was like oh that's like at the point at that point i was like oh okay who is this stephen guy um but we still didn't really talk at that point. But the first night of this Bible school, um, I was running late from work because I had to commute to work. Um, and if you know, I'm familiar with Southern California, Palm Springs, the Palm Desert, I had to commute towards like San Bernardino um, for my job. Um, San Bernardino is like an outskirts of Los Angeles. But anyways, that commute is like an hour and a half, depending on traffic sometimes. But I was running late, so I was trying to get there as fast as I can. I'm here late, and I walk in there, and every seat is full, except for the seat next to this guy, Stephen Michael. Yep. Um, so I take <clears throat> a seat, and we just kind of... I had bad gas. No one wanted to sit in No. Well, anyways... Um, <laughs> I sit down next to him and we just kind of sparked up a brief conversation before the class got started. And then after school, we talked a little bit more. And well, it was during the class, they broke people up into groups. Right. right. And so we, we were broken up into a group. And so we kind of chatted a little, chatted bit, a little bit more at that time. That. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, afterwards, we chatted quite a bit. Afterwards, afterwards and. I didn't slip you my number the first night. I think I slipped you my number the next class. I know it's still in my wallet. Yeah. Oh, how sweet. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> I try calling it occasionally to see if anyone <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, anyways, um, that next class or so, I slipped in my number and we talked. And then you can blame me for getting this guy to rejoin Facebook. At that I, not time, rejoin, join. 
you, did you join? I, yeah, I didn't even have a Facebook. Okay. But I wanted nothing I'm to the do reason. That was my space <laughs> all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I could put my own music on there. People yeah. go to my page and they'd be hearing some awesome punk rock. Anyways, he joined I Facebook MySpace, to huh? communicate with moi. Because um, we were chatting some on their messenger or whatever, chatting at the night or whatever. Um, and then shortly after that, like a day or two later, um, we... I think I texted you one night before class and said, hey, do you want to meet up for some coffee before, right. before class? We met there. So and we then... We went to a coffee shop. Or, I don't know, was it, was it Starbucks or was it a local coffee shop? I don't know. It was a coffee shop. Um, yeah. So after I think after that coffee shop, we were kind of like, yeah, something, something's here. Yep. We need to explore. And then that Wednesday night, I remember this after church on Wednesday. Um, we hung out a little bit more with and then your friend Mike and his wife, Mike and Judy. Well, no, no. Mike invited me to hang out with him. Judy invited you to hang out with her. They were my, they were my, one of my bestest friends. And they were trying to hook church. us up. Mike <laughs> undercover. I would say Mike undercover was. Because <laughs> one of the first questions <laughs> when I got there, Kimberly raised, I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then we went into the living room, sat down. Mike got us a couple of drinks and we were talking. First thing Mike asks, it's like, Steven, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, uh, dark chocolate and peanut butter. And he kind of laughed. He's like, Kimberly, what's yours? And she said, vanilla. And he was like, you two were made for each other. <laughs> and that wasn't even done on purpose. Like, in reality, this guy does like dark chocolate. I do. It's my favorite ice cream. And I like vanilla. Like, I'm not, well, prior to having children, I love chocolate now, but prior to having children, I wasn't really into chocolate. But pregnancy changed my life. I love chocolate now. Um, but yeah, vanilla, vanilla bean, to be in particular, is my favorite ice cream. Like, but back then, I was as skinny as a bean. Well, yeah. But at, yeah, at that little hangout, over their house um, and then leaving, we were like, yeah, so I guess we're dating. So we dated for a little less than two months before we got married. Yep. So it was really quick. Yep. Uh, you know. told me to tell me that you wanted to marry me. No. <laughs> no, really, that happened. Yeah. It was. <laughs> no. <laughs> But when you know, you know. So, and you don't want to waste any time. And we weren't getting any younger. Um, I was 26 when we got married. Uh, I so, can't do math. Um, 30. I'm 37 now. <clears throat> We've been married a little over 10 years. So, um, yeah, 26 when I got married. So, we were not youngins. Uh, so two and a half, I mean, less than two months. Uh, we got married. It was a quick uh, yeah, little. We, we started. We made our dating official in October. It's actually Halloween. Halloween. 
right. our first like quote unquote official date. Right. We we'd gone out a couple times with friends or whatever, but our first official the first official day was on was Halloween. Halloween. <clears throat> and I remember and, that um, night so we that had what, a... October 31st. We got married December December the... what? December what? 12, 11, 10. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Oh, I see what you did there. 12, 11, December 10. 11, 2010. December 11, 2010 is what um, our anniversary is. Yeah, so yeah. So we, were, yeah so we were actually only dating, dating for like a month. Right. November. Yep. So. Within, within a couple of weeks of dating. We pretty much knew we were getting married. Yep. So when you know, you know, and it was great. So we got married, and at the time we lived, um, like I said, in Southern California, Palm Springs, Palm Desert area. Um, and then we served in a church. Time out. People are not going to get that chocolate vanilla joke unless they know you're a beautiful black woman and I'm a tasty pale white guy. <laughs> I don't know if we I don't well, know if we it, mentioned it. From, uh, my audience would because oh, again yeah. Oh, yeah, we are rebranding true. from that's Homegrown true. Motherhood, yeah, so my audience everyone. knows that not, I am not everyone's in your audience a black woman. But for those of you who are new to this, program, I have my own audience. So right, but for those of you who are new to this program, yes, we are a beautiful interracial, interethnic, interethnic couple. I like the term race doesn't exist. Right. Well, yes. Um, yes, and we have beautiful bi-ethnic children. We have <coughs> um, three beautiful bi-ethnic children. And you'll hear that tonight. And you'll hear a little bit I more just wanted to make that. sure, because that chocolate vanilla joke, people would be like, what are these people smoking? Yeah. Maybe in California? No, no mole. Yeah. Um, okay, so the church we served in at the time, uh, we were involved in this program called Timothy Training. Um, and then Stephen uh, was interning under the college, yeah, the youth and college, youth, director. Youth and college director. I was interning to take over the college ministry. Right. So we were heavily involved in ministry at that church. And then there was a fork in the road moment for us um, through Timothy training. Right. There were two conferences that we had to go to. And um, we visited these two conferences, and it so happened to be that both of the main speakers who spoke at those conferences just so happened to have big TV ministries. And their own schools. And their own schools, right. So <laughs> Real schools, not the, not the, the phony thing. That we, right. They, these schools are either accredited or were in the process <clears throat> of being accredited right. Bible colleges. Um, so one promoted a Bible college in Columbus, Ohio, and the other promoted a Bible college a college in Los Angeles, California. So with Stephen having this strong desire to go into ministry on this call that he had from God, we um, had a decision to make. So he, he felt either one of these two colleges were right. where we needed to go and so after deliberating and discussing pros it pros and cons we, we went to the pros we and went cons to Los for a, what, like a three or four day weekend right we and, uh, drove around the area where the other school was and god i hated it 
<laughs> he just, hated it. I, but I, I, I liked the church. Right. Now, I, look, I look back now, I'd probably hate the church too. Given we're at theologically now, at the time, at right. the time, I enjoyed the, things the church. That he hated. I enjoyed the pastor, but the gosh, I, the traffic. It's California. The, I hate California city but for me you know that's my home state so i'm familiar with all that so it didn't bother me as much as as, as much as, i can't even talk right now as much as it did for him oh my gosh and plus i went to college in orange county i went to concordia university irvine so that was like my old stomping grounds so we were trying to look to see if that would be a place that we would move to right and we looked at apartments the, the only and, thing i can think of now is had we stayed in california could have eventually gone to John MacArthur's church. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Right. Would have been cool. But, uh, but no, I can't. Right. So. I was not a fan of California. We spent a weekend in L.A. <laughs> searching the possibilities of us possibly moving there. We looked right. at apartments, which were god-awfully expensive. More than what we and were paying tiny, in Palm Desert. So small. The apartment we had in Palm Desert was, you know, a nice one-bedroom apartment. Pretty spacious. Rent was decent. And then you go to yeah. LA and it's like, you want us to pay what for what? Yeah. So that was one of the big cons <laughs> yeah. for that. Big con, cash flow. Right. And even, you know, one of the apartments that I lived in when I was in college, those, you know, the price out. for that yeah. was Ridiculous. way anyway. more expensive. Anyways, we weighed the pros and cons for each. And we ultimately decided to move to Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Which I knew fairly well because after my parents split, uh, my father actually lived in Columbus, Ohio uh, for, gosh, quite a while, probably at least 10 years or so. So uh, I was familiar with Columbus. It's not like we went blind completely. Um, kind of. But well, not completely. I mean, yeah, things change. Obviously, things have changed. Right. My father, but you know, by the time my dad left Columbus, I was still in high school. So it had been it had been at least ten years ago <clears throat> since uh, since I've been there. But I was somewhat familiar. With it. Right. And we have to clarify something real quick because earlier when we said um, discussing the church where we met. You said your parents went there. So, my, yes, my mother and my stepfather. To, his mother and stepfather. Yeah. So sometimes he'll refer, you know, as parents, his mom and stepdad or his right. father and stepmom. Yeah, so it's interchangeable, still, but we should know. My parents are divorced. They're his, both remarried. I love both of my in laws. In laws, that's how we call them. Step. Step. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. I yeah. love them both like family. So, right. I, just need I don't, to I don't have the that wicked stepmother or the evil stepfather. My uh, stepdad is awesome. He is. My stepmom is awesome. So it's he not, is. Right. But I just but wanted yeah, to but, yeah, clarify that. My, my mother um, and my stepfather. Yeah. Right. Awesome. So anyways. <clears throat> so we moved to uh, Columbus. Moved from California to right. Columbus, Ohio. Right. So there was a time where his parents lived there together when he was younger. So right. I just wanted to make that part clear. Um, but we were married for a year, a little over a year when we moved uh, to Columbus, Ohio. And we took two road trips across the country from <laughs> California to Columbus, Ohio. We drove our car the first time, loaded up, 
little piddly two-door Pontiac who broke. <laughs> it broke, broke down literally. Literally when we were getting literally, off the exit. Literally as we are getting off the exit to the apartment that we purchased sight unseen. Uh, or not purchased, but rented. Right? Just, you know, we did a virtual tour on, on the uh, computer. We heard <laughs> broke this big down as we were getting off the like, interstate. And like, what the heck? It's probably two or three o'clock in the morning, whatever. So we had to sit in a broken car <laughs> in the parking lot of the apartment complex waiting for them to open. Yeah. And so we that spent was the whole next day at the repair, repair shop. And they're like, yeah, we can't fix this. It's going to cost ridiculous amounts of money. And my car was still in California. Right. No, wait, no. Yes. They fixed the Pontiac. And then we traded, it? we traded it in later. Okay. But okay. yeah, we had this two piddly, piddly two door Pontiac. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. So once we were in Columbus and at our apartment, we realized that we had moved into the ghetto. The ghetto. Um. Yeah. It was terrible. We, were there we weren't there for very long, but here's what moved us. Here's what moved us out from this ghetto <clears throat> two o'clock in the morning listen look i told you my dad lived there and when he lived there this was like the, the nice neighborhoods north 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 columbus was a good area but not so much <laughs> but times um, have changed times has changed it's 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 sad because yeah anyways um let me tell you what moved us out of this neighborhood Two o'clock in the morning, we were rudely interrupted by a car slamming into our living room. And then it was a hit and run. They just left. And so. I went out to the living room to find a gigantic hole where a fireplace used to be. The fireplace is the only thing that stops the car from going all the completely way Completely in through. through right. And so when the cops got there and the fire department got there, they were like, yeah, you guys are not from here. Where are you from? We told them where we're from. And we were like, you got to get out of Dodge quick. Right. You <laughs> have to time, get out of like, here. First, first the fire guy, fireman, he comes in. He's like, oh, yes, you're here. I'm like, get out. He's like, use this as a, as a means to break your lease. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. It's a bad neighborhood. And then he, he leaves. The cop comes in to take our statements. He's like, yeah, you guys are new here. Well, um, don't stay. Don't stay. <laughs> Give me some advice. If you stay, you're going to be seeing a lot more of me. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. So luckily, <laughs> they were nice enough to tell us that. Yeah, they let, they let um, us out of our lease. It let us out good. of our lease, gave us our money back, a deposit, and whatnot. But and the ridiculous insurance didn't give us some money. Yeah, the insurance. The damage was to the outside, not the inside. That was just yeah. nice. But anyways, um, once we moved out of there, we moved closer to the school, the Bible school that Stephen was going to be enrolling in. And then we also started attending that church as well. And through some connections um, that Stephen had made at the church in a short amount of time, uh, he landed a job at the right. TV ministry. We, well, when I went that. to enroll, I, we, we told him everything that happened. It's like, oh, well, they're, they're, um, we're actually looking, hiring for warehouse manager. And I had warehouse experience. 
We attended a couple of services at that church. And Wasn't for me. Nor me. <laughs> and Stephen had wore this nice fedora hat <laughs> to church. And what did one of the ushers say to you? Right. And it wasn't even a Sunday morning. It was like a Wednesday night. He comes in. He comes over to me. puts his hand on me. He's like, we don't wear hats here, brother. And I look around, and there's like a billion church ladies with church hats fanning themselves. It was a Pentecostal church. Uh, Pentecostal-esque. I don't know if they're really... It's, I would argue, it's probably Pentecostal. Okay, yeah. But I'm sitting here looking around with all these ladies wearing hats and whatever. I'm like, okay. And this guy didn't know me from Adam. He didn't know that I worked for the ministry. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he, you know, he, he didn't know if I was a believer, an unbeliever. I was like, oh, that's kind of rude. Just come up and, anyway. Yeah, so. Not that here, no way there. Um, mm. We didn't stay there very long. Working there, I got to see the inner workings of the ministry. Um, I got to see really a behind the scenes on how a lot of these big TVN, God TV, Daystar esque churches operate. Um, I can't, you know, obviously, I can't say all of them, but this one in particular, and quite a few from testimonies I've heard from others who've worked in other ministries. Uh, they're, they're just charlatans, man. They're con men. They lie to people. Um, the, the TV personality will get up and say, you know, we're doing X, Y, Z. Uh, send your money and we'll send you this and I'll personally sign it and I'll pray over it and anoint it and everything else. And here I am managing the warehouse. I've never seen the guy. I've never met him face to face. Uh, he never comes to the warehouse. He doesn't sign anything. We sign it for him. Uh, we had a computer saying that you would trace his signature and it would like kind of robotically sign things, which I'm sure they do that a lot for mass signings. But, but he never came in and did the prayer right, cloth. Right. Yeah, yeah, the prayer cloth. I, I anoint the, each one of these, I anoint and pray over it. No, he didn't. We put oil in a spray bottle and we squirted them on a table and then we shoved them into envelopes and begging people for money. It was just bad. I worked there for a couple months, and I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is this is eating away at my uh, my soul. <laughs> so I, I'm, yeah. con I'm conning people, and I'm, I'm getting paid to do it. I, I did not like it. Uh, so I, I brought it to the attention of my boss, um, and we just kind of agreed to separate, of course, separate ways, which was fine. Uh, I ended up going back to my, my fallback, which was food. Uh, we started attending a different church on the north side of Columbus. Not not, not the bad area. <laughs> no, the, the northeast side <laughs> yeah, of Columbus. Yeah, not, not the bad area. Not central. Um, north central Columbus, northeast. Columbus. So we were making a commute from southern Columbus up there to go to church, which took about 45 minutes to an hour in the traffic. Um, and that church also had a school uh, I enrolled into. And they also um, had a TV ministry. They did have a TV ministry, but they were more on the up and up than that other place was. Right. Uh, or so we thought. <laughs> well, the connections they <laughs> so have, or they have connections to, pretty close connection to. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. A though. very popular time. preacher. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, we attended that church for a while, um, almost a year. About you a year, maybe a year and a half. 
I mean, well, not too much of an impact. Kind of think. Doesn't matter. We we were there for at least close to a year. Right. And we both enrolled at the Bible school for this right. one. So I right. decided to go to um, so we were both taking Bible classes. And we served on their, well, several of their teams. Um, yeah, that was part of the part of the curriculums. You had to serve in several of the ministries, the team ministries they had, mm-hmm. the children the ministry. You know, just he, he, I think it was like kind each rotate, month he rotated rotate into a different area, or a different wing of ministry, or whatever. Right. And, uh, Which again gave us a a, a view behind, behind the veil the <laughs> of, of what they were really about. Right. And uh, we ended up feeling like wallflowers, flies on the wall there because right. it was a big church. And it was very clicky. And very clicky. Very clicky. Even for us being students, and, there, and we weren't the only ones, there was other people that were students who felt the same way. If you weren't in the clique, in with the family and the close friends of the family, you were ignored. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, even during class, you would ask a question or something, but if one of the people in the end click, you know, you, you were pretty much ignored. But. Yeah. So, yeah, we decided that that church just really wasn't a good fit for right us. For us. We, you know, and sounds like we were church hopping. Well, we kind of were because we were new to the area. We were new to the city. <clears throat> you know, we knew it wasn't sitting right with our theology even though our theology was still whack at the time we knew we weren't prosperity gospel people right and both of these churches ended up being in that vein of Mm -hmm. charismaticism they were in that health and wealth right um vein and i mean that's that's a false gospel on space and we we knew that right so it just didn't feel right didn't feel right so our quest for a church home continued and uh on that quest we visited a chuck pierce-esque <laughs> church um, right because well like i think i said in the last podcast i was a big chris valentin fan and we you know we listened to bethel music and we were i mean i listened to a lot of podcasts from who i would now know are nar or new apostolic information <laughs> And um, I don't remember what website it was. I went to some website looking for Bethel affiliated churches in the Columbus area. And I found there's like two or three of them. One of them was a brand new church plant that had only been around for several months. They only had a Sunday night service because they were meeting in the community hall or something. Um, Yeah, the community center. Yeah. And this other one had been there for a while, and they actually had a school of supernatural ministry. They were affiliated with Bethel Cleveland. <clears throat> so, we, so we decided, okay, we'll go to this one Sunday morning, and then the one that's only available Sunday night, obviously, we'll go there and you know, see which one of these feels right or suits us. But it was not, it was feels right, because at the time, we were all about the feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we walked into the one church, and oh. oh it was a circus. Oh, wow. We, we mentioned Chuck Pierce before, um, Glory of Zion. Again, go to Chris Roseboro, Fighting for the Faith, uh, Prophecy Bingo, and you're, you're guaranteed to see some Chuck Pierce craziness. This church was Chuck Pierce craziness. It was, it was nuts. Nuts. And being Flag the nice. Whipping and flying around. 
people being crazy. People doing what do they call pop, like oh, painting on the stage. Painting, yeah, uh, spirit painting. Spirit painting. And being the nice bizarre. people we are, we didn't want to just get up and walk out. It was bizarre. We had to suffer <laughs> through that service. Um, I felt, I don't know, I felt so uncomfortable. It was, it was very uncomfortable. Very. Yeah. And look, we, we had both come from spirit-filled backgrounds. We had both been in spirit-filled churches. This one was different. It was... Um, you know, I, I pretty much grew up in charismatic churches. And I grew up in a Pentecostal hip-hopping <laughs> church. So, you know, so for, that this... For, uh, for us to be like, this is bonkers. It yeah. Was, it was bonkers. It was just... <clears throat> yeah. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah. It was... It was... Stand in the <laughs> silence! Of the noise. Oh, look at old Chuck Pierce. So we went there Sunday morning. We left and we were both like, nope, <laughs> that ain't it. Mm -hmm. uh, ended up going to that other church Sunday night. Found a church home, um, which was providential, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, very first night we went, uh, the pastor quote-unquote prophesied over us mm -hmm. um you know he didn't know us he didn't know who we were we've been his first time showing up uh and what he said at the time to us felt he thought it was from god felt how right. could he know that yeah i mean he, he talked about uh you two have been on a journey and you know god's brought you from here to there and doors have been shut with this that and the other and just a whole bunch of craziness moving pieces and um and we left that night, that church, and we're like, this is it. You know, we found it. God God wants us to be here. He, he pretty much gave us verbal... Uh, Approval. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So we thought. So we thought. It, uh, so we started going there. Yeah, we became yeah, members. We became and... members. I started uh, interning under the... Well, not interning, but um, uh, he was... Kind of discipleship. Yeah, just, yeah, kind of a discipleship thing with, with the yeah. pastor, and I, I, I would meet with him uh, weekly. Right. Because <clears throat> he, uh, you know, when we met, we told him that, you know, I felt the whole reason we moved out here is because I felt called to ministry and everything else. So I told him I wanted to go to the seminary, and he said, No, you don't want to go to seminary. All you're going to learn there is religiosity. What you want is the Holy Spirit to download into you. And just let him, you know, the timing will be in him and his timing. And he'll, you know, he'll give you the anointing and a bunch of new apostolic nonsense. Yeah. So after, well, shortly after we became members, um, found that I was pregnant. And the joy of all that was short-lived because a few weeks later, I started bleeding rather heavily. And um, went to the ER, and they told me I was miscarrying the baby, and pretty much sent me home and told me to just rest, relax, and wait for the baby so to pass. They sent home with pills to pass the baby. No, they didn't. They, they just didn't said if you know, they said if the baby didn't pass naturally in a couple of days to come back for oh, the okay. DNC, not that, not that the pill. And this is a podcast, actually, that we will do in the future more about our testimony here. Um, but several weeks pass um, after the bleeding, and I still felt pregnant. And so um, 
at the time were like, hey, babe, you know, I just passed something in the toilet, but something's not right. I still feel pregnant and we didn't have sex because, um, you know, give my body time to heal and whatnot, um, but I still felt pregnant. And it turns out that I was. Um, and our little miracle girl is seven years old. Um, my faith means miracle faith. Um, and again, um, I'm just briefly going over that, but that is just something we have to cover in a different episode because there's a lot of more details about that that we want to share. Um, but um, yes, our little miracle is now seven years old. And so let's talk about what, what happened after she was born. Uh, I had been laid off from my job. So finances were tight, um, freaking out, what's gonna happen, looking for a job. <clears throat> I started getting depressed because I kept having prophecies spoken over us about things God was doing, doors he was opening, um, you know, new manifestations from heaven new were about skin. to be poured out to us and new wineskins. It's, it it's, it's the whole jargon. Uh, I keep talking about Chris Roseboro because the dude really helped pull me out of Antioch. Go watch his um, Fighting for the Faith and his Prophecy Bingo because all the Prophecy Bingo words, that's real. These people use this lingo. It's second nature It's a manipulation to them, tool. And they manipulate people. And it's... Um, man, when they, when they prophesy over you, you feel great. When you go three or four months without a prophecy, you start feeling like, what's wrong with you? And when these prophecies don't come true, you start losing your faith. You start feeling like you're doing things wrong. Um, so I, I mean, I started getting depressed. Um, started drinking heavily because I was depressed. Uh, I, I ended up, I finally did find a job, um, good paying job. Uh, but it was just, it was tough. Um, I would come home from work and I would just be miserable and angry. Um, you know, I, I, I'd listen to podcasts, trying to build up my faith, and nothing was happening. I will say this briefly. It was actually the night that we were in the hospital with Kimaya. It's the first time I ever listened to Chris Rosebrook. Um, he was fighting for the faith podcast. I had seen him in some documentary and um, downloaded some of his episodes. And one of the episodes was on the NAR. And he really went to task on um, Bill Johnson and Chris Valson specifically. And so that started shaking my faith too, because here I am, I'm at a church that's affiliated with these people and their teaching sounds identical to the and teachings. Chris Valson was one of your favorites. Right. And Chris Valson is one of my favorite guys. And so I'm, <clears throat> you know, I'm hearing teaching from my pastor that's coming straight from Bethel Redding. And I'm, I just listened to this podcast that just really rocked, rocked me um, because I couldn't refute it. I could not refute what Chris, uh, Roseboro had said. I was like, oh, well, everything he said in that podcast is right. It lines up with scripture and everything else. And it, it started taking a toll on our marriage. Um, bad. Like, bad. Bad, bad. Bad. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we almost got a divorce. So. We were on the brink of divorce because just with his depression and drinking alone, Anxiety. like he was... 
not a nice person. And I think things were the worst when I found out I was pregnant with Walker, our son, our second born. And, but ultimately me being pregnant with Walker is what saved our marriage because I was at the point where I was not going to stick around much longer. And I remember one day, um, this was the night after I told him I was pregnant. It was just, I'm not not happy. I'm pregnant. You know, usually when you tell your husband um, that you're pregnant, it's, you know, you're celebrating, Um, you know, I was celebrating, but not because of the state of our marriage. And so I remember I was walking out of the house running errands with Jemiah and he didn't want me to leave because he thought I was not going to come back. <laughs> he didn't think I was going to come back, but I was just running errands because I just needed to get out of the house. I had to get out of the house. Um, but I came back, you know, from my errands or whatever. And it was at that point where the pastor, our pastor was like, told Stephen he needed to get into counseling and try to save our marriage. Not just biblical counseling, but like psychiatric counseling. Right, right. And so... And while she was gone, I had called several in the area and um, set up an appointment for my first meeting. Right. And after he went to a couple of sessions, like the therapist thought it would be a good idea that I come to some. And so we went to counseling and it was and, Christian counseling. It's just it like it was more than what Bill was giving you. It was like an actual counsel session. Right. Um, <clears throat> so after um, we had some counseling sessions with the therapist, uh, we just really made an effort to you know make this thing work and have some healing. And it was difficult. Um, it didn't happen overnight. You know, we had to walk that road, walk that journey. Um, but ultimately, looking back, you know, son Walker, getting pregnant with him was what saved our marriage. Um, so we're very grateful for that. Very grateful. Um, but this was still like a... Well, he makes me laugh. That boy is... <laughs> A handful, but he is so funny. He is a comedian. He is a class clown, per se. Uh, His big old head, his famous head. (laughs) He likes to say that. Oh, my boy. My big old head, my famous head. Yeah. Um, But during that time, we were still having lots of communication issues, especially when it came to the church, um, because... I I was miserable. He was miserable. Um, like I said, I was losing my faith. Um, I started questioning, <clears throat> is this real? I had gone through a time when I was younger where I walked away from the faith and, uh, you know, started looking at philosophy and all these other things. And uh, I never got to that point. This time, I knew God was real. I knew the work of Christ was real. Um, I just stopped believing all the nonsense that was being taught within the hyper charismatic circle right <clears throat> so um yeah my faith really really started shaking and i started <laughs> uh i started listening to other podcasts um which really kind of started leading me towards becoming reformed um 
to Chris Rose. Well, I used to listen to Michael Brown's podcast. He's a he's a charismatic theologian. Um, he's, he's good on some stuff, but he's so bad on others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but through through um, through Michael Brown, I, I you know heard of James White because he's a really close friend of James White, and they go on each other's shows occasionally, and kind of bicker back and forth their theological differences. Um, so I started listening to Dividing Line. Through that, I heard of uh, Apologia with Jeff Durbin. I started listening to that. Um, when I lived in Atlanta before Kim and I got married, uh, I worked really late nights. And on my way home, I would listen to Bible radio, and they would play R.C. Sproul and Alistair Begg. And even though I was a charismatic back then, I was really young in the faith. I really didn't know, you know, there's differences other than some people believed in tongues, others didn't. But I remembered those guys. And so I started listening to some of their stuff. And I think I have to say this too, because rewind a little bit when Stephen said that he stopped believing. Um, when he would talk to me about it, he really didn't go into detail. And I interpreted that as well, he doesn't believe in God anymore. Um, he's becoming uh, an unbeliever. <laughs> and I didn't know how to process that. I, like, here I am with my two children, and my husband is telling me he doesn't believe anymore. Um, but he didn't go into detail what aspects he didn't believe anymore. And like I said, I thought he was saying he doesn't believe in God anymore. So I'm like, Lord, why do you want me here? <laughs> why am I still going to be married to an unbeliever and be unequally yoked? That just, I couldn't understand um, that at all. So I didn't know what I was believing at the time. That's part of the problem. But also, I mean, I, I did try to say things like, I did say specifically, I don't believe in the the prophecy and all, all the spoken word stuff anymore. Um, I came home from work one day and you were playing Bethel worship music. But I, had, I had stopped listening to Bethel by that point. I don't even know what song it was, but there was one of these songs where, you know, it just repeats over and over and over. And the lady singing, she's like, just empty your mind, empty your mind completely. Don't think about anything. And I was like, Kimberly, that's that's demonic. That's new age. That's not, that's not in the Bible. And I think some of the reasons I, I had a hard time is because you were still going to the church. I would go occasionally, but when I would go, I would get angry and I try to bring stuff up and just fight, 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 fight. Just... And the reason why I kept going is because I needed an escape. <laughs> <laughs> right. I needed to just get out of the house and just go be with people. Right who I had built relationships with, my friends and whatnot, and just get away. So you left town, Kimberly left town. Um, she took Walker and, and Kimaya to visit her parents in California. <clears throat> she was gone for like a week and a half, two weeks, whatever. And I'm miserable when they leave, by the way. I'm like, a, I, yes. be I become... He's like a um, sad puppy. I, I don't revert well to bachelor life right some people would love it i don't i hate it <laughs> it's a sad miserable puppy <laughs> so i 
I would go to work and I would come home to an empty house. And about the only good thing about it is I can eat Chinese food every day. <laughs> and so I, I sat down, I would just eat Chinese food. Um, and I remembered when we were in, um, well, when we were in Ohio, uh, the big controversy that happened when John MacArthur released Strange Fire and the ripples that that made through the charismatic world. And for some reason, I was at work one day, and for some reason, I kept thinking, I was like, I could not remember John MacArthur's name, but I remembered Strange Fire. And I was like, oh, man, what was that guy's name? I can't think of it. So I went home, I did a search for it, and it pops up, you know, the, the video you can play on YouTube. And so I pulled it up, and lo and behold, they had the entire Strange Fire conference. So I, <laughs> the entire week, I watched every single Strange Fire uh, not episode, <laughs> what do you call it? Every talk or whatever. Like the Every sermon. Yeah, all the sessions. There you go. Uh, some of them I watched multiple times. And the whole time I'm watching these, I'm taking notes and I'm like, Lord, please help me, show me, help me show this to Kimberly and let her open her eyes because we got to get out of that church. I, I, by this point, I knew that I was becoming reformed in my theology. I I'd even told our pastor, um, I was like, I think I'm becoming reformed in, uh, in my theology. And, uh, man, this, uh, it just, it, this changed my life. It, Kimberly got back into town and, uh, I said, babe, it's like, I want, I want to do two things. I want you to watch this, um, these sermons, but now she didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, but I, I, I picked the few out that really impacted me and had her watch them. <clears throat> but during that time she was gone our pastor also gave me a book to read called Physics of Heaven, which is released by the leadership team at Bethel Reading. Um, I think like each chapter is written by a different, different person in the ministry. I think there's some like two or three chapters, but anyway, the book is, wow, like a how-to of the new age. It's bad. And just thumbing through the book, I was like, I'm not gonna read this. And I found a blog post <clears throat> by a guy who had read through the whole thing and he he wrote blogs over every single chapter and broke them apart biblically. And he had, you know, took direct quotes from the book and everything else. And so I said, I want you to watch these Strange Fire videos and I want to read some of these blogs with you so that you can see that the stuff that we're being taught does not come from the Bible. It comes from Eastern mysticism. It comes from the New Age movement. Some of it comes straight from the occult. It's Bad voodoo, man. It's no good. Yeah. Um, and I, at that point, I stopped going to this church altogether. So I, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, my pastor is telling me not to go to seminary and he's giving me a book to read that is, uh, in my opinion, straight up demonic. And um, Kimberly watched him uh, and she'll probably discuss what, what happened with her. But uh, I, I sat down and I wrote our pastor a 13-page letter telling him some of the dangers that I saw that were being taught at the church, some of the unbiblical stuff I saw being taught at the church, um, and why I felt that we needed to leave the church. I was supposed to meet with him to give it to him and go over it, and they ended up, him and his uh, family went out of town or something. I, can't remember. I know they were out of town. I don't remember why. And he's like, I'll just um, put it in my mailbox. I'll read it when I get back. So I did during work. Um, I stopped by his house, stuck it in the mailbox. 
And about I never heard from him again. The only thing I ever heard from him again was he sent me a message um, telling me he was back in town and that he had read my letter um, and that he disagreed that his church was not part of the NAR. So <laughs> I never heard from him again after that. Yeah. So. And so during this time, I had, I still attended the church. I continued to go and I was counseled by his wife and going to counseling sessions looking you know looking back the counsel that she gave me <laughs> was not not, counsel. not biblical counsel it was completely from a worldly perspective so that being said you know as i was still going to the church i saw things that did raise my eyebrows and wasn't right. I just didn't feel right in my spirit. However, at the time, the friendships and the connections that I had there mattered more to me um, than the false things that I was seeing. So I, you know, still went in spite of that. And then shortly after, I found that I was pregnant with our third child, um, Analia. And when I told the pastor, um, we had talked regularly on the phone, um, and I told him I was pregnant with Analia. And the next thing that he said out of his mouth, I will never forget. It's like etched in my memory. And he said, quote, and this is pretty inaccurate word for word quote. Um, usually I'm quoting here. Usually when you have marital problems, you do all you can do to prevent yourself from getting pregnant. And that kind of like shook my world and took another veil layer off of my eyes. And I told him, I was like, well, she's welcome. Uh, we're happy I'm pregnant. And she's a welcome, you know? But he just kept, you know, pushing that point. So you guys have marital problems and you really don't want to bring more kids into problems that you're having. And so I was at that point where I told Stephen, I was like, because he's also been trying to get me to leave yeah. the church. Yeah. And I, I, <clears throat> I was visiting other churches in the area trying to find, trying to find a good solid biblical. Right. But again, like I said, the friends that I had there, you know, were more important to me at the time. Um, but it was that when he, when the pastor said that, I was like, no, I can't be under someone who would tell me that. Um, so I told Steve, I was like, okay, babe, if you want me to leave, you need to find some new church. And he did. He um, found us a new church. And by the way, after that conversation that I had with the pastor and he told me that, like, I didn't hear much from him after that point, you know, especially when I told him I am not going to the church anymore. Um, I had a few people reach out to me from the church, um, but not many. And so that kind of tells you something, too, um, whether or not these, really, these people really cared for right. me. Um, <clears throat> I only had one, when I left, I only had one person reach out, and it wasn't the pastor. Yeah. 
Honestly, um, there's only one person I still keep in contact with. I'm not going to say her name here, but she sends us a Christmas card every she's year. She's a lovely lady. She's wonderful. Much. And I'm not sure if she's still going to that church. I'm not sure. Um, but she was wonderful. And she watched the kids when we went to counseling. Um, she is wonderful, not was wonderful. She's still wonderful. I still talk to her occasionally um, on Facebook. And she sends us a Christmas card every year. But that's the only person. <clears throat> yeah, so Stephen. Right. Found his new church. Found a good church, good Bible church. Um, they weren't reformed, uh, but they were gospel centric, gospel driven, and they were elder led. They had a plurality of elders, and um, most of the elders were Calvinistic in their soteriology. There was one that was not. Um, and what I liked about it is that they all had different views, like eschatological views and stuff, yet they still all pastored a church together in unity. Talk about unity. That's Talk unity. about unity, right? But it'd be, it was great because, like, they would, they would give a, you know, they would, obviously, they, they preached through whole books of the Bible, you know, these, these off-topic stuff. But if you go to Sunday school classes or whatever, they weren't scared of having conversations about their different views on certain issues. Um, and one of them actually still believed in the charismatic gifts, um, but, you know, in, in order, not the crazy way that we, we had been accustomed to seeing. And, you know, right. uh, but, yeah, it was a solid church, gospel-focused, and, we, you know, we got involved there. I started being mentored by several of the pastors there, um, unlike the other pastor who told me not to go to seminary. These guys were actually coaching me to go to seminary. They mm -hmm. were like, okay, we're going to get you um, get hooked up with, with an awesome dude um, who was a graduate of a seminary. Well, they were all seminary grads. This guy in particular, they, 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 met, they knew my personality. And so they're like, this guy, um, he wasn't an elder, but he was one of their deacons. He's like, you guys would really hit it off. You have a lot in common. We both love comics. You both grew up listening to punk rock, whatever. And so... I started meeting with him, and oh, it was just great. I, for the first time in in years, um, probably since Kimberly and I first got married, I felt like a believer again, almost like a new creation. I almost had like a second regeneration, if you mm -hmm. will. Like, um, I was happy. Uh, my marriage was getting better. Our communication improved our commu drastically. Our communication went from zero to like eighty. I wouldn't say 100, but from like zero to like right. 80 um, because we were out of that nonsense. And I started feeling more comfortable to open up to Kimberly about my becoming reformed. I would talk about things that I was listening to on podcasts. Um, I started talking about Calvinism and soteriology and how, you know, um, oh, it was just, it was good. We would have good, solid theological discussions, not arguing about mm -hmm. what this prophet said or what that crazy worship service was like it was it, it was leaps and bounds better um i don't know i just i i, I felt joy and it was great um then on leah well born. let's let's i have one thing to say first before we go on to that um when you would talk about your you know transformation and Possibly being reformed. We weren't quite sure yet, but my reforming. You're reforming. Always reforming, baby. Right. Always reforming. Um, and just the conversations that we had, and through those, I realized that I believe the same thing that Stephen did, 
you know, I had this, the reformed beliefs as well. And, you know, I told him like at the previous church, he's like, you know, I saw things. Um, it just didn't add up to me, but, you know, I wanted to stay in church. And so I stayed in church. But now that we're out of that, you know, you, you look in retrospect and you just see all the faults. <clears throat> You realize it was a cult. Of it. You realize it was a cult. And I know that's harsh language. I and know there's people out there, people I admire that that still believe in the charismatic gifts. Right. People I love that still believe in the charismatic gifts. But um, the NAR, specifically the NAR, is a cult. It definitely is. It is a cult. And I might do we might do a podcast on that in the future Absolutely. at some point. I don't know. But it has all the characteristics of a cult. The manipulation, the uh, the, the worship of the leader, the charismatic leader, uh, yeah, all the signs all, of all, all the trappings of a cult. Right. They so, demonize you if you speak out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So we had, for the first time in a long time, realized that well, maybe we were actually on the same page all these years, but never really talked and communicated about it. So, which prolonged our trials and right. tribulations that we had in our marriage. But when we actually and started, I will say this too. My depression went away almost overnight. Yes. When I when I became reformed and I got away from all of that um, that oppressive NAR constantly looking for the next miracle and the next prophecy. Yeah. Once I got rid of all that stuff and it just no, that's not. And I started focusing on God's word. It's like the depression left. Let me tell you, it's day and night. Like he is not the same man he was. Um, like I couldn't stand to be around him before. I just no, she just can't stand my fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the stuff we argued about back then, like we would argue and fight and yell. And now it's like we argue over stupid stuff. It doesn't matter. We get over it pretty quickly. Like it's dumb. She got bad. Like... She got mad at me the other night <laughs> for watching silly YouTube show with the kids and the kids were laughing and i'm laughing and she's like that's so nasty i can't <laughs> she got it. so we were supposed to record and she got so mad she didn't want to record oh i can't <laughs> i'm not even gonna tell you i'm not gonna tell you the name of this youtube show because i don't want you to watch it but i can't stand it oh but anyways you know i get over it quickly now like well let's just put it this way it's like competition eating. It, right. it is kind of nasty when you think about it yeah but anyways shoveling stuff in your mouth <laughs> right but again like his personality having that weight lifted and depression is an oppression um definitely is that oppressiveness is gone and it's only day of glory and I, one more thing i'm going to say before i move on um you know you know with covid and stuff everyone's home steven's been home uh working from home now and going to seminary. But had COVID happened oh. four years ago, I would be miserable. Would I cannot <clears throat> spend all day yeah. with this man back been... then. And now we're all day together, together all day now. But if this happened <laughs> four years ago, like I would be completely miserable. I would be the one depressed because like I said, like I would count, you know, countdown the time you get home from work and just like get sad because of, oh he's gonna be home but now we spend all day together and it's great and it's good for the children um to have mom and daddy home with them all day 
me and daddy gets to help, you know, teach a couple subjects in school. Bible history. Um, and, you know, it was great. Um, so though, now that I said that, a little tangent of mine, uh, let's move on to... Analia and Zilla Girl. My Wiggles, Analia. I had her. Um, all my kids were born in Columbus. Um, but after her, I would say that we knew, or well, I knew, because all my pregnancies were very difficult. Um, but I knew with her, you know, I talked to Steve, I was like, this, you know, this is probably going to be our last baby because I don't know if my body can handle it physically anymore. Um, just hard being pregnant, especially when I got in the third trimester, couldn't hardly walk, I would swell, you know, all kinds of things, which is very difficult. But her pregnancy was probably my hardest. It was my hardest. Um, but she was born. Um, I decided with her to have a scheduled C-section. So I had everything planned out. Um, I could actually enjoy the delivery, which I did with her. My other two were traumatic emergency C-sections. Right. All, all um, night affairs. Right. Um, 22 plus hours with Maya. Um, Close. That was Walker. About. 19 and a half, 20 yeah. hours with walking. Yeah, both were emergency C sections. Yeah. Um, but with her, I was like, nope, not going to do that. I'm going to schedule my C section. Okay. So it was fantastic. Um, and I do have a blog post about that that I will link you to about her birth. <clears throat> um, but five days postpartum, uh, we were already discharged from the hospital. Not even. A day yeah, from being you, yeah, home. Yeah, you were home for about 24 hours, if that. Um, maybe not even that. It's, right. Something. Maybe like the next day, if you got home, and then that next day, so something's up. Something's right. Something, right. Something's not right. <clears throat> um, I blew up overnight. I gained 20 pounds overnight, and I ended up being water weight. Her ankles were about as big as my belly. My, <laughs> my whole body blew up. Um, oh, it's just awful. And every time I laid down, I felt like a Mack truck was on my chest. And I couldn't sleep that night at all. Thank God I couldn't sleep because a lot of people with this, you know, end up dying in their sleep. But um, I woke up the next morning. I was like, hey, something's not right. I don't feel well. Just something's not right. So I called the doctor. And they're like, you need to go to the hospital ASAP. Hurry up and get here. Uh, so when I got there, all the tests and stuff that they ran, uh, EKG, ultrasound, all that stuff in my heart, I went, had something called postpartum cardiomyopathy, also known as heart failure. Um, so very traumatic experience, um, having that because, um, and very scary, very, very scary. Um, so I had to leave my newborn baby. My dad and stepmom were in town, but they had just left. Just Literally left. just left. Like the night that Kimberly got where she couldn't breathe. And after, they left that night to come back to Tennessee. Right. My mom was still in town. <clears throat> Her mom was still in town. Um, and when all this happened, um, we called my dad. And they had just got back. <laughs> they just got back. And I was like, I had to rush Kimberly to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and they're like, we're coming back. And so they got in their car and they drove back. Right. So they could watch the kids uh, so that Kimberly's mom and I could stay at the hospital. Right. 
so what's going on i was in the hospital for like a week they also diagnosed me with pulmonary um, hypertension as well and so just very hard um and so when i finally got discharged from the hospital like i said i was there for about a week and we get back home I guess finally tried to nurse my baby again, you know, can I get my milk back? You know, that was all stressful for me um, because um, I breastfed both my uh, first two children and I just loved that experience of nursing and I struggled nursing with her, um, with Analia. Um, but anyways, um, once I got home, you know, it was just really hard for me to you know, do things at first. And so we kind of chatted and his version may be different from mine. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We knew I needed the extra help <laughs> and there was no way we were moving back to California. No. No way. No, no chance and in... No, no way. No chance in Gehenna. Um, <laughs> and the closest family that we had because his mom lived. Hell, I like to call it Hades. Mm. <laughs> um, his mom at the time lived in Wyoming. That was an option. So the closest family we had was in little East Tennessee where Stephen's dad, dad and stepmom, stepmom lives. And so and he had to twist my arm to get me to Stephen did not want to leave Ohio. He did not want to leave Kansas. No, we had just found an awesome church. I was being mentored. I was, you know, on the fast track going to seminary and right. I mean, it was great for all of us to me it was just like come on dude <laughs> can I, I can't i can't win right uh, it, it was, was it was hard it was a very hard city for me to move and it was hard for me to um besides the health issues you know it was a hard move we moved here to east tennessee analia was like four weeks old Barely a month old when we moved back there. Um, and so we've been here now. She's three and a half, almost four. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, so we've been here three and a half years now. Yep. Okay. And yeah. so once we got here, you know, we were on a hunt for a good reform church. Which, Which is hard in the in Bible Belt here in East Tennessee <clears throat> is not the easiest. Nope. You got Armenian Central. <laughs> Calvinism is a bad word in this area. Uh, you're one of them Calvinists. Okay, well, no, I like to call myself biblical. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it took us a while to find a Reformed church. But we did find one. Um well, the first, before we found a reformed church, we went to a good, it was a good church. Um, it believed in the doctrines of grace. And I loved the pastor. Um, he took me under his wing. He discipled me. Yeah. Um, he helped get me into seminary. Um, we had a few differences theological. Um, we are covenantal. We hold to the uh, covenant, covenant theology, and we hold the 1689. Now he likes the 1689 as a statement of faith, but he is dispensational, very kind of an advantage John MacArthur, which is great. I love John MacArthur. 
Um, but there were just some issues theologically that, that differences were not issues, differences theologically that we had. And that church actually ended up having a split um, because he was fairly new to that church as well. Uh, when they hired him, they didn't realize that he held in doctor's grace, they didn't realize he was a Calvinist, or maybe they did, but they just didn't care. I don't know. Um, he's pretty upfront about it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but I love the man. And uh, they had a church split, and we went with them to this new church that they were going to be starting. Um, and just as things were kind of getting off the ground, we realized that uh, these convictions that we have for our confession and for covenant theology, family integrated worship, family integrated worship, um, that it was just it was a good time for us to find a, a, a church that was was completely reformed, reformed Baptist, right? Um, and so you know we ended up having to to uh, be there and, and go to the church that we're at now, which I'm so glad we have seen. Yeah. Because um, it, it's, you know, kind of going back to you when know, we came out of NAR and just feeling that joy of um, being in the Word and everything else. It's the same thing now with being in a church where you're with like minded people. Yes. And you can have disagreements on topics. You can have, you know, I was just having a conversation with someone the other day who's a dispensationalist, and that's fine. We can have this discussion going back and forth, but knowing that um, when it comes to ministry uh, and eldership, especially in the future, that um, our pastor is covenantal. Mm-hmm. Our pastor believes in a plurality of elders. He believes in integrated worship, uh, integrated family worship. And those things are very important to us. And um, But I wanted to mention that um, you enrolled in seminary, like you said, at this church before we started going to the Reformed Church. Right. It was at the previous right. church where he enrolled at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And then I, um, through a G3 conference, because um, yep. I've always had this tug on my heart for ministry as far as Titus II um, for moms, um, hence Homegrown Motherhood, which again, we're rebranding to a family devoted but hunger mother is not going away so stay tuned for what um, we do with that but anyways it was at a g3 conference that i heard marcia peace speak about acbc which is the association of certified biblical counselors and when she spoke about it, i was like write it down write it down write it down and so i looked it up and just dug into it and did my due diligence and I talked to Stephen about it and I was like, hey, I want to do this. He thought it was great and I enrolled um, to become a certified ACBC counselor. So I'm also in the process of doing that right now. Um, I'm in the reading stage, wow, which I need to really <laughs> I wasn't gonna say be it. I was diligent my I was more like, with read? my reading. Read? The first part was Look, easy, watching I, lectures and stuff, but I the reading a, part. 
stack of books. Is a little challenging <laughs> like for me. Like six or seven <laughs> books for each of my classes that I have so to read and write reports on Pray or do Q&As on. Me. You know, prior to <laughs> having children and getting married, I was an avid reader. So, it's I hard. mean, avid reader. So, difficult. you know, with the busy life Anyone of with being, families, they know. Right. With the busy life of, you know, being a homeschool family and all the responsibilities, staying home with the children, which is worth it, by the way. Wouldn't give that up for the world. Um, finding time to read is a little challenging. Yeah, it's, so it's hard for your kids without an alarm clock. Wake up at six thirty or seven o'clock every morning. Yeah. <laughs> and then once they go to bed at eight or eight thirty at night, you're so tired. You put your face you're in the so book tired. and your eyes are just falling. Right. It's it's tough. Yeah. So it's tough. We gotta. That, we're late recording these. <laughs> Should we record tonight? Uh, I'm tired. Let's, uh, let's, just put on, let's just put something on YouTube and veg out for an yeah. hour and then go to bed. Right. So I have become my parents going to bed at nine <laughs> o'clock or ten o'clock. Right. Oh, bedtime. Feeling old, but that's okay. Um, yeah. So, anyways, back on topic. Um, yeah, so he's in seminary, and I'm in the process of becoming an ACBC certified counselor. Uh, but back to our Reformed Church, which is where we are currently attending, Christ Bible Church. Well, we can say that name. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, Pastor I'll, Damon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, I'll, I'll name names eventually of, of heretics and what have you, but out of respect for um, the other churches that we've gone to, whatever. Uh, even even if we have theological differences, or in some cases, I believe heres heretics, um, I, I I just don't think it's right to name blast them. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're currently going Christ Bible Church. Christ Bible Pastor Church. Dan and the way that happened, rocks. The way that happened was interesting because Mandy, uh, that's the pastor's wife. She and I were friends on Facebook for a while. And I didn't realize the church that they had was reformed. Um, but we were just like kind of randomly became Facebook friends through a local homeschool group, uh, Facebook group. Um, but we found out that the church was reformed because of a conversation you had with someone at Walmart. Right. Um, right. One of the families that had attended our other church when the church split they also chose that time to um find another church that was more in line with their theology as well right and, and so, i just had right at the start of this covid nonsense um i had a doctor's appointment and i just you know i was like oh Kimberly texted me to go to walmart and get something after the appointment or whatever i just randomly bump into him as i'm leaving walmart and we kind of had a conversation he's like yeah we're attending christ bible church now it's great uh, yeah. Well, not attending. They were doing it online because it's, again, right at the COVID thing. No churches were meeting. Right. <clears throat> so, so they he, were they were mo they were were watching the online thing. Right. And he came home and told me the name of the church. And I was like, that sounds familiar. And ended up finding out that that's Mandy's uh, church where her husband's the pastor. Right. And so I messaged her and I was like, look, Mandy. <laughs> Uh, we we need some help and some prayer here in this, you know this difficult time where we're really trying to find a church home. And so through that deciding message, whether or not to leave the other church that we were right. at, because and you had emailed you know, again, it was hard. Pastor it was, David, it was a hard decision to make. Right. 
the faster we were under, he he did take me under his wing, and I was learning a lot. But um, it was it was tough to say. It, right. it did not come easily. Right. So Stephen emailed Pastor Damon, and I had sent Mandy a message, and they invited us over for dinner. And we had dinner. Taco it was fantastic. Tuesday. They had made delicious tacos, and just, yeah. we love tacos. Yeah, fastest way to my stomach is tacos or Chinese <laughs> or Italian. But anyways, it at dinner at their house, it was so nice and or refreshing. Barbecue. <laughs> because <laughs> I'll do the barbecue. It was so refreshing because they have young children and. Our kids are young, so it gave them an opportunity to play with other children and have new friends. And uh, the church that we went to before, I didn't have a lot of kids, uh, mostly a lot of older, older kids, you know, not teenagers. And our kids' age. So that was a little There was very few young kids. Especially when we're trying to do integrated family worship. Not a lot of people understood that. And so you get a lot of side eyes. Yeah. Didn't like the side eyes. Uh, but anyways, um, it was just nice and refreshing, and we just knew that we had found a home just from that dinner before we even went to a service, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think we, we had watched um, whatever day it was that we went over for dinner, but we had watched that previous, tuned into the um, uh, simulcast yeah. that, that Sunday before right. we went and met with them. Right. So, <laughs> but I, you know, I had been um, once uh, the gentleman that uh, left the other church. <laughs> one of his name I'm not going to uh, told me that they were going to this church. I had started listening to some of the podcasts, and yeah. they, you know, they had some episodes, um, <laughs> some podcasts where they had walked through the 1689, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I was listening to those, and I was like, this is great! Right, right. <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. So fast forward to today, we've been attending there for almost a year now, and the rest is history. So now we're here, today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> loving our church. The kids love it. It's just nice to fellowship with believers who are on the same page. Yeah, and we have sound, sound theology, right. you know. Um, Uh, especially given where we come from, it's hard. It's hard to find mm -hmm. people with uh, sound theology. Right. Not that ours is perfect. Simple reformanda. Originally, with this podcast, we were going to call it um, a family reformed, always reforming. And he's like, that's too long. <laughs> well, actually, no. It's <laughs> like, that's we, too long. We, we don't want that. We were going <clears> to <throat> have reformed somewhere in the podcast, but. Right. Um, but not there was a sermon, reformed. right? There was a sermon that Pastor Damon preached, and it just really spoke to my heart and convicted me. And he was talking about steadfastness, steadfastness, and being devoted. And it just really resonated with me. And so, a couple of days later, I was like, "Hey, babe, about that name." Right. And I'll link to um, that sermon it's on podcast so i'll link to it that sermon that um, really just spoke to me about being devoted and steadfast and we have a family devoted and it kind of just got sovereignty too i think because in our previous episode we talked about um 
our family creed and like the pillars that we have for us. So we are a family devoted to all of those things. Um, and we hope, you know, others will be well. Again, even if you're not with one or you know, even right. That um, should be, those things should you know, be. You find a creed that your family holds to, but there's certain things in that creed. Um, <laughs> well, it should be. And I don't have my. It should be non-negotiable. Right. I mean, the Bible. We're a family divided to the Word of God, the Bible, Triune God. Obviously, the Trinity. The five solas. Got to have the five solas. A biblical view of marriage and family. Couldn't be more important than the day we live in. Raising our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Every, also important. Yeah, every family, whether you're Reformed or you're Arminian. Whether you're a charismatic or Southern Baptist or Presbyterian, that should be mm-hmm. all across the board, right? Right. Biblical worldview. As should that. Committed uh, to the local church. <laughs> as should that. And our confession of faith. Well, that's where we might differ. Some people might want to baptize babies, and I'm fine with that. Right. I won't do it. I know the arguments for it. And uh, they're biblical. Want to do it? Do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Baptist by conviction. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm baptized my babies. So, I mean, that kind of just sums up everything for this episode. So before we end, we would like for you to please check out our new website at www.afamilydevoted.com. And also please follow us on social media at faithfamilydevoted. That's it for this episode. Check out the next one. Love you. Save your Bibles.